welcome to From the Bleachers, which is a new podcast by Nick Pelzak and Mickey Favell, and we're going to be covering a lot of the local sports scene uh, that we usually follow with the Moose and WLLG and what we do with Fleck Broadcasting, and we're going to tip it off today with, we're going to talk about Adirondack Boys basketball as they travel to Skinny Atlas to play a round of 16 game, and Nick, you saw them the other night against... Oneida. Oneida. <laughs> so, first of all, welcome everybody to the podcast. This was, me and Mickey have been working with the Moose for a bunch of years now doing football and basketball games. We always talked about having a radio show, local sports, and it's really hard to do on the Moose because just of time allotments and stuff, so... Uh, talking with Mickey's son Andy, who has a podcast, we figured this might be a good place to start. So we're going to see how this goes. If we can get some listeners, maybe we can expand what we do on our broadcasts and on our podcast. So right into the sectional basketball, I was, able to, I was on the game the other night for the Adirondack Oneida game. And coming into the game, the talk is always TVL teams against CSC teams. And, and it's always the TVL league is so much better than the CSC that Oneida is going to come in and win by 12, 15. They're just going to roll in and and win the game. And I think Oneida had maybe that mindset coming in. And watching our kids, I think our kids didn't really know or care who Oneida was. We came out and Nate Allen had 12 first quarter points. You know, Nate is that little fire plug uh, kind of kid from RFA. And I don't think playing Oneida is a big deal in his life. And he really, I think, got Adirondack going, Mick, as he was able to put 12 up. And it was 33 at the half, but I think that 12 points in the first quarter showed the Adirondack kids that they could play with the TVL team. And I don't think there was any intimidation factor after Nate came out just on fire. Yeah, and like you said, going back to just the whole sectional concept is what's interesting about sectional play in any sport is when you start – you know, like the Center State Conference plays the TVL or the Center State Conference goes to Syracuse and plays Syracuse teams. So it's really interesting. You get that dynamic and you try to find out, you know, what is a better league. And I think going back to the game on Thursday night, the first four, five, six minutes of the game, it was really important for Adirondack to kind of see, you know, Tri-Valley League School, Oneida comes in. They've played RFA. They've played Proctor. And... Leading up to the game, I know we talked about it, you know, how good the Tri-Valley League was going to be, and, you know, you don't want them to walk out on the floor and Oneida goes on a 10 to nothing run or a 12 to 2 run to start the game. So I think going into the game, we were really interested to see how Adirondack would respond getting on the floor against a Tri-Valley League team. An Oneida team that's played double-A schools and A schools throughout the year and I think Coach Lewis, you know, was probably concerned with the four, first first four or five minutes as well. And like you said, Nate came out and really played well in that first quarter, and that really set the tone for the Cats. And what people got to remember is the Tri-Valley split into two divisions. So there's a the Tri-Valley Pioneer and the Tri-Valley, I believe it's called the Colonial. And Oneida's in the Tri-Valley Pioneer. They won the league with a 5-6 and six record. And their league is Oneida, VVS, Central Valley, and Camden. If you go to the other side, you have Notre Dame, Whitesboro, uh, Proctor, RFA, and that is just a loaded division. So even though Oneida is a Tri-Valley League, they didn't beat any of their teams on the other half, and they kind of struggled a little bit even on their half. So I think just saying a TVL team might not 
you know, mean as much as that Pioneer Division. They kind of struggled this year. And I think if Adirondack or a team like Holland Patton's in that Tri-Valley Pioneer Division, they would have a chance to win it. I'm not going to say they're going to win the division, but they would be in the conversation of winning that division. Would Adirondack or Holland Patton go and beat Proctor and RFA? Probably not, but no one else did in that division either. So if you're with VVS, Central Valley, and Camden, um, I think Adirondack right now is on the map with those teams. And going forward, Adirondack brings their whole starting five back. And those are teams they can compete with. Now, Oneida was young, too. Um, they had a kid, a freshman, got a steal in the fourth quarter, went down and two-handed dunked it, which we have probably had a dunk in our gym in 10 years. And so Oneida has a lot coming back, too. So I'm not going to say Adirondack could walk through it, but I think the TVL, especially the Pioneer side, isn't as robust as maybe it once was when Al Knapp was coaching at VBS, you know, or something like that. Yeah, and it was the first sectional game for Adirondack in quite a while. So with that being said, I think the matchup with Oneida was a really good matchup. It was a 15-18 matchup with with Adirondack being the 15 seed. So considered really kind of a play-in game into the round of 16, it's still a sectional game. It was really a good way for Coach Lewis and the Cats to kind of put their foot in the water and go play a team that, you know, is probably comparable to them instead of, you know, if that bracket had 16, just 16 teams and Adirondack got into a number three versus 14 or a four versus 13 game, you know, you might be going to get, you might be playing somebody from Syracuse and that might've been a difficult, you know, sort of matchup, like right out of the gate sectional game. But the 15-18 matchup was, it was a really good way to kind of, a good competitive game, kind of get the nerves out a little bit, playing in a big game. And you could be really competitive rather than going and playing West Hill in a 215, like I just said. So that really, you know, that helped as well. And then once the Cats got into the flow of the game, you know, it was a perfect type of sectional game to open up sectional play with. And just to finish on Adirondack game, um, Alex Gaylord, so he goes to the basket, he hits a shot with 12 seconds to go to win the game. And I put it up on Twitter, and if you go to Syracuse.com, they have a video of it. And so I did a little research. So when I first started coaching, I went back and tried to get all the records of all the teams. I just, I love history of sports. And so I wanted to see, you know, where, you know, teams of today fit in in history. So I went back and looked in my notes, and the last time there was a close game like that, was actually when Mickey was playing, and they were down, I think it was 1986, they played uh, General Brown down at Hamilton College. And um, just talked with Mickey at lunch yesterday. He hit a uh, he hit a shot with four seconds to go to win that game, so it was nice to bring back some memories. We got to talk to Coach Hennessy. It was funny, your buddy Eric Vernold sent me a Twitter message, said he was hot during warm-ups that game because I don't think Coach Vernold probably saw the floor much in any sectional games. But it was, uh, it's fun to see that. So you have to go back over almost 30 years to have a sectional game that was that close and had that much excitement in it. Now, we've had important sectional games. I mean by the closest of the game and the last second kind of shot aspect to it. Yeah, and just we were talking about that at lunch, and you would think after 30 years you would have – you really don't think about it all that much. You think after 30 years you would have like a number of games that you could think of and kind of went back into the history a little bit. And it was 30 years, you know, 30 plus years actually. And, you know, you think about sectional play, you think about all the games that have been played and, you know, you don't really have an opportunity to see that many close games. So the, for the fans that were here Thursday night, they, you know, they saw a really exciting game, 40, 
46-45, and Alex makes the, the shot at the buzzer. And I was telling Nick at lunch the other day, I asked, I asked Alex in class on Friday because he had the big catch to win the sectional game against West Hill, the diving catch out left field. I asked him, would he rather have the catch or the shot? And he still says the catch would be the one that he would choose. So, you know, I, I said that's, that's a good answer. Uh, so Adirondack travels to Skinny Atlas today, Nick, for a 4 p.m. round of 16 game. Uh, what do you think about that? So I haven't. I haven't got to see a lot of the Syracuse schools this year, and I hate to you know, predict or try to say what's going to happen with a team you never saw. So the only thing you can do is you go and you go to comparative scoring and you go, look, how did um, you know Skinny Atlas play against teams that maybe are comparable to Adirondack? And I think for Adirondack today, and talking to Coach Lewis, he says that Skinny Atlas, similar size and build to Oneida, who was very long, athletic, and lanky, but I think they're going to bring a lot more to the table probably from the arc as well. Skinny Atlas was 17-1 um, at one at one point, and then he stumbled a little bit at the end of the season. And they're uh, – so – I think for Adirondack to win today, they're going to probably have to play a perfect game. To go out there and pitch, you know, have one of those games where you do everything correctly. And, again, I think the first four, six minutes is going to be really important for Coach Lewis today is, you know, if they get down out there and it's 10-2 to two or it's 12-2 run right away, you know, it could be a long afternoon. But um, that's why you play the games, though, Mick. That's why... You know, you're excited to win. Everybody's going to think they should lose today, but you go out there and play the game. It's high school basketball. You have no idea what's going on in the kids' head. These kids aren't professionals. So you go out there and you give it your best shot. You know, Coach Lewis said that Skinny Atlas is going to shoot a whole bunch of threes. Adirondack's going to shoot a whole bunch of threes. And maybe you hit 12 or 15 in a game, and you go out and shock uh, the Syracuse schools. The one thing that will be different is Skinny Atlas has played a high-level competition, and they won't be... You know, they're not going to be – it's just going to be another game for them. So I think, you know, Skinny Atlas won't be intimidated by the, you know, first-round sectionals. Um, they've played the West Hills and the Bishop Grimes, so they're not going to be scared of us. But I, they can't underestimate us because we do have the ability to hit a whole bunch of threes. And if you can do that and you get hot one day, you can beat anybody. And that's what's interesting. I, Coach Lewis is going to go out there and play that game today and – you know, Nick, I, I think we would both agree that they're going to play at a fran – they will play at a frantic pace. And, you know, just coaching in the past, I would probably try to go out there and try to play tempo with them. And, I, you know, it's really admirable on Coach Lewis's part because he's going to go out and they're going to go out and play frantic and they're going to play fast. And he's not intimidated to do that, and I give him credit for that. And like you said, Nick, I, I think if you look at the math, Skinny Atlas is – you know, they'll score 60-plus, so if we're big math guys when it comes to basketball. And I think you're looking at an Adirondack team that, you know, if they went out and they hit 12, 13, 14 threes, they could certainly be in the game. And they're capable of doing that. They'll shoot a lot of threes as well. And, you know, the thing I think that would worry both of us is they can't go out and turn the ball over 25 times. And, you know, they've done that during the course of the year. And when you play that frantic pace and you shoot a lot of threes and you try to get up and down the floor, you're going to turn the ball over. But that's not going to be a recipe today if they go out and turn it over 24, 25 times and give Skinny Atlas more possessions. But, you know, they go out and hit 12, 13 threes. You know, I think they need a, pretty, they need a decent game from Greco and and Kogel in the paint, too. They're going to need maybe 10, 12, 14 points out of there. 
you know, it's not impossible. You know, it's not impossible. And like you said, Nick, Skinny Atlas, their scores in the last couple weeks, they've, you know, they opened up really early, blew out a couple teams, and in recent weeks, their scores have kind of come back to earth a little bit. So that may be, you know, something to kind of pay attention to, you know, going into that late afternoon start today. And one thing that would give me a little bit of, maybe a little bit of hope if I'm Coach Lewis, looking at scores from last night. So a team like Sherburne who won the CSC division that Coach Lewis was able to play with um, at the home game here. They beat Casanova by nine last night. And then Marcellus beat Holland Patton by five. And Adirondack was on the floor the first game for Holland Patton. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I wouldn't, you know, Vegas would have probably kind of long odds against the Cats tonight. But um, there's some games where you walk in and there's no shot. I, I don't think that's one of those games. Again, with Mooney and Gaylord and Sarah and Miller and Allen, you have five guys who all are capable of hitting three or four threes in a night. If you get a night where a couple of them hit four or five, all of a sudden you have 13, 14 threes in a game. And now, you know, it's a game. But it's going to be, if Adirondack's going to win, it's going to be, you know, 75 to 65 or no, or closer than that. But it's going to be in the high 60s, low 70s. Like Mick said, if I was coaching, I would try to keep the game in the 40s. And I've gone out to Syracuse and tried that with schools, and it usually ends up you're in the 40s and they're at 65. Because the last time I went to Skinny Atlas, it was like 62 to 47. And um, Coach Lewis is going to just say, hey, we're going to go and do our thing, and we're not – scared and I wasn't brave enough to do that because I was afraid it'd be 80 to 20 so we always tried to limit pace and it it never really worked for us but Mick so last night I was up in Beaver River I got to see them for the first time then Mick's going up to Lavelle tonight and he's going to do a boys girl doubleheader sectional game which is an awesome thing we got that chance I got that chance a couple times with Coach Mauer here it's just a special event you would think well it's going to happen a lot it doesn't happen very often so you know, Mick's going to have a long day. We're doing youth basketball. we got a modified game. He's going to be up in Lowellville tonight. But, you know, Beaver River won pretty handily over IHC last night by 10. The score was a little bit closer because Beaver River just kind of stalled at the end and let the clock run out. He didn't really attack much. But I was impressed with Beaver River in their press. But So what do you think about uh, Lowellville boys tonight? They come in. They're the one seed, and, you know, there is high hopes for this team. And I think, you know, people – up in the North Country, hoping this could be the year, the next few years, that Lavo makes a run and wins that Class B title. And by the way, a team from up north, last time we won a Class B title is, I can't remember. And who has, who's the last team to win a Class B title that wasn't named West Hill or something? It was, I mean, we won one 2004 when I was coaching Adirondack, and not many schools in our area have won one since. I think West Hill has won most of them over the last 15, 20 years. Yeah, and so Lowville, I've had the opportunity, I've had them a lot this winter on WLLG, and they are certainly legit. And I think the first thing that comes to my mind when I watch them play is it is like watching a high school version of the Golden State Warriors play. And they just move the ball, they spread the floor, and their ball movement is just... At the high school level, I've never seen anything like it. And I think what even makes them even more special is the fact that they are they, they don't care who scores the ball. They just they will pass the ball. Whoever gets the right shot at the right time after their ball movement shoots the ball. So their ball movement is just spectacular. And then they just 
they surround the three line with shooters that can knock down shots all day long. Hudson White can knock down shots all day long. I had them against, I think I had them against IHC uh, probably in early January, and they knocked down 17 or 18 threes, and Hudson White like knocked down six. And, you know, I, I guess when you have a team like that, the concern can be what, what happens on some nights if you can't knock down the three ball with any consistency. And they have a great answer because Aiden McCauley is their point guard, and when those nights happen, he can get to the basket almost any time he wants. And I think early in the year when I hadn't seen him all that much, I kind of thought if I was coaching against them, what would I do to try to beat them? And I would try to be as physical with them as much as possible. I saw Carthage try to be physical with them, and Aiden McCauley went for 26 or 27, got to the basket anytime he wanted, got the ball to his brother Gavin McCauley. So I watched them play, and, man, they are gonna be, they're going to be a tough out. I think you have to have a big post game. General Brown, we'll talk about them a little bit, but General Brown has a little bit of a post game that if you can throw it down in the post and kind of expose them, that might be the only way they can beat, but they are going to be a tough out, Nick. So... They face Hannibal tonight, and Hannibal squeaked by South Jeff. So, I mean, I, I don't want to put pressure on kids, but I can't imagine Lauville losing that game tonight. So now they're going to face Chittenango in the next round, and I think, you know, Lauville definitely going to be the favorite in that game. So I see Lauville should be moving on and then end up in a, you know, semifinal versus West Hill, and where that's really going to, you know, it's going to be their test to see and then West Hill, then on the other side of the bracket, you got General Brown. And, you know, they are the three seed on the other side. Skinny Atlas is the two. So we'll see who comes out of that side. But, you know, on February 23rd, I expect Lauville to be at Onondaga Community College facing West Hill. And, you know, that's where they make that. So they make their stand. Mate. That's what's going to be. All right, you're going to find out is this Lauville team for real? And are they going to make a run through sectionals? Maybe, you know, a state game or two and you know most of these guys are coming back so you know I'm looking forward to seeing them I know there's high hopes there and we've heard about this team for a long time and I think I think they're primed right now to to make a run and I don't think the West Hill this year is the West Hill of old General Brown played them earlier and General Brown I think lost by three or four so I think they're right on the map with West Hill and I think that I don't want to I'm not gonna make any predictions but I would wouldn't be shocked to see them in a sectional final game. Yeah, just a couple side notes. I think I think Chittenango knocked Lowville out last year. Uh, so if Lowville goes up and takes care of business tonight against Hannibal, I think they're going to have that matchup with Chittenango. Chittenango actually beat Mexico. We were talking about it with Matt Bolivar yesterday. We were talking. I thought Mexico would beat Chittenango, and I thought Mexico has a New York State Hall of Fame coach, I believe, in Paul Callahan, who's been around. A long, long time. I thought Mexico might have maybe the best chance early in the tournament to maybe get Lowville, but I don't see it happening. Like you said, Nick, I I see, you know, Lowville on that side of the bracket, and then you know that bottom bracket, General Brown. Well, it yeah, it's going to be a Lowville West Hill matchup maybe in the semis, and you know, Lowville or West Hill is the measuring stick has always been the measuring stick, so that could be an interesting semi-final matchup if they get there. That bottom bracket is actually pretty interesting because uh, General Brown, they won a game against Lowville. Lowville won two out of three. So, you know, and I and I think looking at, you know, VVS, VVS, General Brown, that'll be interesting. And then, you know, our old buddy, uh, Ken Vibber down at Sherburn, you know, they beat 
Kaz last night. So I think the bottom bracket's actually, you know, got Skinny Atlas. It, bottom bracket could be interesting, but, you know, I would be, you know, the Lawville West Hill game's one that I'm kind of pointing to, not to get ahead of myself. And, you know, just coaching against Vibbert at, at Sherburn for many years, and I'm, I'm a little biased because I, he's one of the best, and he, he has taken teams and consistently won, and I wouldn't want to play them. If I'm General Brown and I'm looking at Sherburn, Sherburn will not back down physically. They always play physical man-to-man -man defense, and that would not be a game I look forward to. I mean, at this point in the season, you're going to play somebody good anyway, but having seen Sherburn a lot over the years, they just – um, Adirondack has never beaten Sherburn, and they were always just so hard to score against. I haven't seen General Brown. I know they're big, and they have some post players, and maybe Sherburn doesn't have that kid this year. And uh, but that'll be an interesting matchup for that General Brown if the General Brown wins and gets to Sherburn Irville. Then again, on the girls' side, um, so the Lavo girls play. I think Syracuse Academy of Science tonight, and I got to see the Lavo girls against Adirondack at our Christmas tournament, and. They shoot lots of threes, and they—they—that's going to be their game. If they knock down a whole bunch of threes tonight, you know they can move on. And then, unfortunately, last night, Mick, the uh, Adirondack girls fell to Skinny Atlas here at home, and um, so the season ends kind of early again for Coach Youngs and the girls. Um, it's a great, been a great two-year run. They won 20 games last year, won the league, won 13 games this year, won the league. But um, I think the next step for Coach Young and his program is to start knocking some sectional wins down which is it sounds easy to say but last year they had VVS and this year they had Skinny Atlas you know two powers and it's easier said than done when you go into sectional play as Coach Mauer used to say everybody's got a team everybody's practicing just to say you're going to walk in and beat somebody never happens in sectional play. Yeah in, cl in class B2 and it's every sport it's that it's always the Syracuse element, and I know we started off the podcast kind of talking about that. And it's always that Syracuse element. You know, schools have a lot, schools out there have a lot of access to a lot of athletic facilities. And, you know, Class B, it's tough for rural schools to really, the rural schools in Mohawk Valley, rural schools, and, you know, rural schools in Jefferson County, Lewis County. You know, it is, it's really difficult to get on the floor or get on the soccer fields or baseball fields with those schools. And, you know, Coach Young's last year with VVS, um, you know, VVS played a really good game and got out early. And then this year, you know, getting on the floor with Skinny Atlas, you know, that's where Coach Young's, you know, right now the challenge is can you get to that Syracuse level of play? And they were in that game last night. It was a five-point game all night long. And... But that, that next step is probably the hardest step for if you're coaching at an, at an Adirondack or a Lowville or a General Brown, anywhere, you know, these rural bees is being able to go and play the Syracuse schools. I know uh, my, buddy Don, my buddy at Holland Patton, Scott Parsons, during baseball season, we would always have the discussion when seeding came out, you wanted to stay out of Syracuse as long as possible, you know, and, you know, if you could play schools more like you, General Brown, maybe even Oneida in those schools, you know, you, you like your chances a little bit better. But, you know, Coach Young's kind of, he's running into that wall right now, into that, you know, how do you crack that code to get through Syracuse? And, you know, that's it's really difficult to do. It's been since we've, you know, pretty much been in Class B. That's probably your biggest challenge as a coach, you know, come sectional time. But not taking anything away from him. You know, Nick, he's won back-to-back -back CSE titles, and that's, 
only been done twice. That was in the, you know, if you read the Boonville Herald this week, 88 and 89, I believe, and then uh, 18 and 19. So Coach Young's, they've won back-to-back CSC titles. They've won 16 straight CSC games, you know, and, you know, you, you obviously can't take that away from them, and that's hard to do. And the problem, he's almost a victim of his success, is last year he rolled through the league, and this year they had a tight one with Hal Patton, at the end and the tight one down there went to overtime and so you start winning and people just say well your league's too easy you should win and everybody says that when you're winning but when you're losing the league doesn't look so easy so I think he's a little bit of a victim of he's won all these league games and now kind of the knock is well your league's too easy but first of all you can't decide who's in your league or how easy the league's going to be and you know if you look back just winning the league beating Hound Patton, beating Sherburn, all Class B schools, and that is a huge accomplishment. So there's nothing to, you know, you know shake a stick at. Like Coach Vanacquatcha winning all those league titles in softball. Some Sometimes people get, you know, well, the league is too easy. Well, you still got to go beat those teams every week. And, you know, they're all practicing too. They all got programs. They're all traveling around. You know, Hound Patton's got AAU teams going. And it's uh, so it's a huge accomplishment. And, the next step, like you said, is really hard, and there really is no magic potion. I think the reason Lavelle's knocking on the door of the boys is they put so much work in, the parents in the athletic program with these kids since they were in third and fourth grade, and they're, that's really the only way to do it. And I think the difference is in a place like Bloomville or Lavelle, the opportunity is far away. It's harder to do. In Syracuse, you're going to drive a mile down the road, and you're going to have all sorts of basketball programs. Here, you got to drive down to Accelerate, or you're driving to Watertown, or you're driving to Syracuse, your AAU team's an hour away. And so it's just, it's the opportunity's harder, and I think the sacrifice is a little bit bigger for a more rural person. Not that it's it's impossible, but it's just a lot harder to do. You know, just think back to Connor Hamilton and all the stuff he did. So he would go and play baseball here, and then he would drive an hour and a half to go practice in Syracuse. Now. As a parent right now, I don't I don't want to do that. I'm home at 5 o'clock. It's not my first thing to do is say, hey, let me drive an hour and a half to Syracuse to have my kid go hit some baseballs. That is a huge sacrifice, not only time-wise but financially. And it's a it's a really hard choice to make, and that's why I think it's it's so limited, you know, for people to, to get to that level that maybe a Connor Hamilton did to get a, a D1 scholarship and win a sectional title. Yeah, especially in Boonville, you're – Half an hour, you're 45 minutes away from Accelerate, and you know 45 minutes both ways. So it be kind of, it, it's difficult, and everybody else is doing it in every sport. You know, I think we I think we would both agree that you know everybody. If you are, you know, if you want to have a successful sports program, I mean, you have to go and do it. And I know the level kids, uh, they were all over when they were thir- 12, 13. 14 years old, we were running around with some AAU kids during that time period, and everywhere you went, you know, you you saw the, that Lowville group. I mean, we went up and played uh, up near Malone one weekend, and, and they were up there. And, you know, that's really, it's definitely the recipe. You got to go out and you got to pound the pavement, and you got to try to get as many games as possible. And, you know, unfortunately for parents, you know, that might be going down to the third and fourth grade levels. And, you know, that's a tough thing to do every single weekend. But really, I mean, if you're going to have a special group, that's really what it takes to do that. I mean, and Nick, you know, I mean, 
with your sectional title team, you, you, you know, pounded the pavement, played every weekend. It's, it's not an easy endeavor. Well, we hope right now, like our soccer program, there we have people doing. It. I just saw Matt Listowski out in the parking lot, and he was dropping his girl off because they're playing a modified basketball game today. But he's been taking all sorts of teams around to play soccer, so we're hopefully, you know, we'll catch up in soccer. But the problem is, is everybody's doing that. So just doing that is kind of keeping you at level with everybody. Back when I was coaching, I was lucky. Dom Vanacquatro took. The, the team that we had win here everywhere. So he was doing all that. I would help him out. But not everybody was doing that. So he we kind of got ahead a little bit because we were doing things that maybe not every school was doing. And then the group of kids just came together and things kind of worked out in our favor. But right now, everybody's doing that. And you can you go look in the paper. You can tell who's not. Because it seems there's a divide right now. There's teams that win 11 to 17 games and there's teams that win four and there's really not a lot of teams in the middle last year I did a I just looked through at the end of the season and how many teams didn't win like more than four games and you can tell and it's a it's a huge sacrifice and it's a you know it's kind of individual what you know and maybe you get a parent and a group of parents who want to do that but again Laval has that right now on the boys side but it's uh it's going to be interesting to see you know, if that pays off. And then, you know, not the worst thing is, but in sports, you could do all that work, Mick, and we could have done all that. And say we go, when I was coaching, we go play South Jeff in the in Manly, and we lose, but we only won by seven. It wasn't like we blew them out. Say we lose by six. And all of a sudden, you go through a whole career and all that work, and there's no sectional title. And, you know, do people feel differently about all that work they put in? Now, just think last year with your baseball team. Say, you know, Major Gaylord doesn't get that hit, and all of a sudden, you know, all the work you put in, is it worth it? Now, to me, it's worth it. The benefits kids get out of it is worth it. But in the winning and losing aspect, you know, you're we're a couple free throws away, or you're one pitch away from losing in an early round sectional game. So the margin of error is so thin that, you know, we get caught up in, well, we haven't won this or that, and it's uh, it's so hard to do, and the margin of error is just so thin. And I think the, you know, just from my standpoint is, you know, hopefully you can do all that work and you give your kids an opportunity to play in a big game atmosphere. I mean, that was always what I hoped. I always had the goal of just, can we get into a big game atmosphere? And you know, as much as disappointing as it could be, you know, you you know, are in a position where you get to play in a big game and it's a big deal and, you know, kids get to enjoy that. And, you know, so hopefully that was, you know, what, you know, that's what we were trying to, to accomplish. And we we're fortunate enough where, you know, we got to play in some big games and we had some, you know, fortunate, we had a lot of fortunate things that happened along the way and we were able to, you know, do what we did last spring. So, so just one last note, Nick, just, I know we were talking about Laval and kind of, you know, started talking about that. You had beat, we'll try to cover one more team in our, in our listening area. And you had Beaver River, the Beaver River boys last night as they won and they advanced. So last night I was up Beaver River, first chance to see them. And I know they shoot a lot of threes, but actually their press is what won their game for them. It was a, it was a back and forth game. Actually, IC had to lead for most of the first quarter. In the second quarter, Beaver River Press turned it up a notch. Sam Bush was all over the place. They got the lead to 14, and the game was basically over. IHC cut it to six early in the third quarter, but they couldn't. There wasn't going to be a way they handled that Beaver River press 
consistently. Then I was talking to Mick before we came on to do the podcast. So Coach Petzels, I'm just, I was really impressed. I've been watching him for years, and I really like just the atmosphere that they have up there. It feels like a family. It feels like a program. And every time I go up there, it's just a treat to be up there. I, it's uh, you just everybody's on board. It seems like they're all pointing in the same way, and it's a credit to him. And what he did, it was about six minutes to go in the game. They were up 12, and he kind of just stalled. They ran a clock down, 25 seconds. They penetrate and get a shot. And, you know, it doesn't look pretty, and uh, people don't like it. They, a lot of people say, you got to keep on going. But I like the strategy. And more often than not, if you're up 12 and you hold the ball for four, I mean, last night six minutes was a little long. But if you're up four minutes and you're up 12 and you hold the ball, you're more, you almost always win. And Coach Beheim does it at Syracuse, and people just – Always right on him. Well, he pulls it out for. If they're up four, if they're up six or eight with four minutes to go, he's pulling it out. And if you look at his close game record, they don't lose close games very often. And sometimes teams make a run and you only win by four. But for me, you're up big, you hold the ball, let the game end, and win the game. Yeah, and just one side note on Coach uh, Lynn Petzl. Used to battle him in the old Black River Basketball League, and he's a guy that you wouldn't want to play against. The ultimate competitor, and he's just a he loves the game of basketball, and you can tell when he coaches that he has he has passion. He has some really good teams up at Beaver River, and he does a really good job of developing kids as well. And you know, Beaver River is you know they a long, long, long basketball tradition going back 40 years, and you know they they built on that. You know, with another sectional win last night, and you know they'll get Weedsport in the quarterfinals, which will be a tall task for them. But you know, Lynn does a really good job up there, and just a lot of respect for his basketball program. And so, just one thing that happened at the game at halftime, they brought the cross country team out. They won another state title. They had a little banner. They had like a piece of paper over the banner, and the captains pulled the banner down. And if I heard it right, I think they said it was their 17th state title, which is impossible to do. I know they've won, I was looking at the banner, it was 2014, 17, and 18. But 17 state, that's not sectional titles, that's not league. That is state titles. That is mind, that is out of this world. So I don't, whatever they're doing with their cross country program, when they said 17, I had a, I went and counted the banners and it was 17. That was, I mean, for a team to win 17 league titles in their history would be miraculous. Or 17 sectional titles. We're talking state titles. So, um, I don't. It was like, there's no description to doing 17 state titles in any sport. Yeah, and I'd love to. Uh, a later podcast idea would be I'd love to go through just like high school sports programs around the area and just kind of dissect some of the better high school sports programs. That would be really interesting to do. I actually thought about writing a, a few columns on that in the Herald at some point in time. Love to do a podcast on that. But yeah, uh, state cross country at Beaver River, they've, they've they've racked up a lot. And I saw that last night when you tweeted that out. They were, they're honoring the cross-country program uh, for winning the boys. And I think, not to get on that subject, but I almost think they got they very nearly may have everyone back, so they should be able to make a big run uh, next year as well. So they might be adding another banner to uh, their gymnasium uh, come next fall. So I think the plan is, Mick, for us going future with our podcast is to, you know, 
find sometimes during the season where there's a lot of sports to talk about and you know we're going to try to focus on local sports but we'll pick and choose you know if there's something happens with Syracuse or something happens in the NBA or any sport you know we're not you know we're not going to limit ourselves but we really do want to focus on you know we cover North Country sports for the moose and we want to kind of piggyback off that and kind of make it make a little bit more so if you have questions or anything about you know check out Mickey Favel's uh Twitter at, at the dugout or check my f Twitter out at, at ACS physics ask us questions if you're going to troll us and put negative stuff we're just going to block you anyway so we're too old for that you know the young kids like to do all that stuff we're guys pushing 50 here so um, we're going to be lucky if we can get this podcast up Mickey's son Andy's going to do all the technical work for us but we're just amazed that we can actually run a Twitter account and not have too much problem so you know, again we always try to keep things positive we want to showcase our local talent we want to say what good things are happening listen everybody loses everybody has bad seasons but what good things are going on even like say like we said so coach young's lost and i know the girls are probably bummed and he's young but what positives have come out of that season and what good things have they accomplished over the past two years i think those are things we want to highlight as we go forward in our podcast yeah and just you know trying to highlight a lot of our local athletes and a lot of our local programs we have a lot of there's a tr there's tremendous amounts of you know positive things happening you know in our local communities and through that through this podcast you know hopefully we can get uh, a lot of listeners and we can kind of just broaden you know the sports horizons in the area that would be a great thing to do and then in the summertime I'll brag about all my fancy baseball teams beating Sam Joslin again so that'll be a interesting thing to do but I think this was a good start we'll have a lot of tweaks as we go and. Um, we hope you enjoyed it, and so this is from the bleachers, I think we're going to call it, Mick, as we're two old men who just sit up in the bleachers now, so we're going to give you our perspective from what we see from the bleachers. It's probably not always right, Mick, and it's not always spot on, but you know we're going to do our best to give you a, a little bit of flavor of what we see here as we watch uh, North Country sports. Yeah, and thanks for listening today. All right, go Cats.